0: So last week I started a series that I uh, titled Fearless, uh, and I have to say that I have not received uh, a, a, quite a response like I have with this first message last week. Uh, it's been a long time. I've, I, uh, there's weeks that people respond to different messages, but uh, the feedback was incredible um, from, from the message last week. So my prayer is that that will continue, and I really believe, I really believe that the reason that there was so much feedback is because uh, I just think everybody has a dark place in their life, a place where, where they have fear or they have anxiety, and, uh, and it, it's a place that we don't talk about very much, and so when we do talk about it, 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 just, it, just, uh, it, just, it can bring healing. Um, uh, so, I, I was very transparent last week. I, I mentioned uh, some of the things that I have dealt with in my fears. And, uh, and I had, again, uh, people come to me. And, and one dear lady, I had a conversation with her, and she said, I, I always thought you were so confident. And uh, as you talked about the, the fears that, that you face, I, I just could never see that in you. Well, we're, we're masters, we are masters of, of masking things, aren't we? We're masters of, of putting things, uh, uh, putting a good front, and, and it's no different in churches. But I also said to her, uh, don't consider uh, this fear a weakness in my life. In fact, this fear has become a strength in my life uh, because it's those places that we fear when we bring them to God that he does some pretty amazing things in those dark places. And so we always think about God uh, that, you know, God is only in the light, and God is a is a is a God of, of light, but can I, biblically speaking, uh, God did some great work in the dark, right? Uh, Abraham, uh, the Lord took him out to show him the covenant when he in the in the dark in the night. He said, "Do you see the stars?" And he said, "Your descendants will be just like just like the multitude of stars." Uh, we see different places where, uh, you know, Jesus met the Lord. Uh, met the Father at Gethsemane, at Gethsemane, and when he did that, it was in a dark place in his life, and and the Father did some amazing things. So as as we begin to 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 process uh, those dark places in our life, and they're uncomfortable, they are uncomfortable as all get out. Um, uh, but when we get to these dark places, uh, I think it's important for us to, 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 to stay there and, and let the Lord uh, meet us in those places. I mentioned uh, last week, I kind of closed with this, with this thought that if you can stay in this place uh, five minutes longer than, than, than you ever have, it's a win. Because then you're able to see that God is with you and that he's able to help you in these situations I kicked off the series with a, with a message titled uh, Overcoming the Fear of Being Alone uh, because I think a lot of us are very, very fearful of, of, of loneliness. And, and some of us, because of circumstances, we get to this place of, of, of loneliness. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very real, real place. So if you weren't here last week, um, I invite you and encourage you to, uh, to listen to the podcast. And if you're uh, a podcast listener uh, today, I also thank you for, for uh, joining in with us as we move into the next part of, of the series. So we're going from overcoming uh, loneliness. And if you remember last week when I talked about the points that help you with overcoming loneliness, I think it's important for me to just touch on those. Uh, the first most important thing in our, in our fear, any fear, but especially loneliness is to understand that we need to invite the presence of God in our lives, right? We sing about it. You know, we, we, we say it. And as Christians, especially in the modern church, we put on this, uh, this kind of a non-reality that everything's supposed to be good all the time. And that's such a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> that's a lot of uh, baloney. Uh, the reality is we're, we're facing challenges on a daily basis, and, uh, and so the way that you overcome any fear is you need to have the presence of God in your life. Here's the thing that we need to understand is God is with us always. God is omnipresent. That means he's always everywhere. And so as we invite his presence and you, and you, and you identify that and you discern it, you know, our worship leader, as he led us, he, he welcomed you into his space when he said, I have, I have difficulty getting quiet. I have difficulty because, see, most of us, we want noise because we're afraid to be alone. And, and here's the thing that you need to know. It's when you're alone and when you're quiet that you begin to discern the voice of God. And and so listen to the to the podcast. So we're 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 transitioning, and and I'm going to be talking about how do you overcome the fear of change? How do we overcome the fear of change? And so my 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 sermon comes from a narrative of this guy named Jacob, and Jacob wrestled with an angel with with uh, uh, we find in the in the in the text it, it says a man some translations say a man some say with an angel and then but you find in the text that he actually, actually was wrestling with God he came face to face with God and he wrestled not in the day but he wrestled all night with God it was a a dark place in his life it was a place where he was very fearful because he had uh he had left uh, his home, uh, on, on a bad note, he had stolen uh, the, the, the birthright of his brother Esau and he had stolen the blessing of his brother Esau from his father uh, Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And he, he stole this. So he was a master of manipulating. He was a master of deceit. He was a master. And here's a mask, right? He's, we look at Jacob and his life and you think, man, this guy's a great man, but he was a master of all these things. And all of us are a master of something. Right? We've got strengths, we've got weaknesses, but whether you have weaknesses or strength, you're a master, right? I'm a master of this weakness, and we, we disguise. That's where Jacob was at. And so he had to come into this, this encounter and, and, and face changes in his life that were going to tra- just completely transform his identity. You know, so I, I thought I'd start the series, I mean, start the message with someone that you might identify with. Um, there, there's an NBA player uh, with, by the name of James Harden. Anyone know who James Harden is? He played at ASU. He was drafted by the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder uh, when he was uh, coming out of, of college. And, uh, and he was an amazing uh, six-man. He was on a team that had a, a three wonderful prospects. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and this guy, James Harden. And so James Harden was was developing. They were talking about how amazing he is. And in 2012, uh, they traded James Harden. Uh, They didn't want to sign him for a new contract uh, because of financial reasons. And so he left to the Houston Rockets. I don't know if you know this, but the Houston Rockets are in the Western Conference Conference championships right now, playing for the last game. But here's the thing. James Harden went from the sixth man. uh, He got the sixth man of the year in 2012, and he went to the front man in Houston. He became the starter, and now he's leading the team and trying to win them a championship. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're playing this weekend and probably tonight or tomorrow, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. He had to navigate through changes in his life that were very difficult to get to the place that he's at. Now, there's someone in here, there's someone listening on the podcast that you're having to navigate through some changes in your life, and God wants you to know that he's not going to leave your side. He sees you in that dark place. He sees you when you cry out. He sees you when you're hurting. He sees you when you put a front. And he wants me as his messenger to tell you that he is uh, going to be with you every, every step of the way. But I also have to communicate this to you. That this place might seem like a dark place. And you might think to yourself, how can God, or why would God put me here? Why would he take this person out of my life? Why would he move me to this other place? Why would he let me go through this physical challenge? Why am I going through this relational challenge? Why, 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 why? Sometimes God doesn't answer the why. Sometimes God just says, I'm here. I want for you guys to know that this series is not about me solving answers or questions. I think that's that's uh, basic Christianity in, in the modern sense. We want to answer everybody's questions. Why? 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 Let me give you six steps of why. I'm not going to give you six steps of why. I'm going to say, you know what? God's going to be with you in the process. And this this change that you're going through, this this difficulty that you're going through, God knew that it was going to happen. And God knew that he would be there for, for you. He knows that, that, you're, that you are going to need him as an anchor in your life. And so I want us to go to the text and see what happened to Jacob because uh, I think it's going to speak volumes. Let me pray. Father, thank you for every person here. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. I pray your blessing over my speech, over my mind, over my, uh, my uh, thinking. Lord God, give me clarity. As always, I pray, Father, be with every podcast listener, anybody that's, that's, that's here. But more than anything, thank you that you're here. I ask your presence, Holy Spirit, give me the, the power to speak in a way. I'm just a messenger, but I pray this message will be one that will be life-changing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I'm going to start off in chapter 32 of Genesis. Jacob is going to be getting ready to face his brother Esau And I will start in verse 7, and then I'm going to move into verse 24, and then we're going to finish at verse, uh, probably, uh, I'm sorry, verse 24. Yeah, go to verse 31. So let let, let me read. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. What does that mean when you're afraid and distressed? Well, it means that you're afraid and distressed, right? Come on. And he divided the people who were with him. And the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies or two sides. Because he said, if Esau, my brother, comes to the one company and he attacks it, then the company which is left will escape. And then we go go to verse 24. So just think about it. Everyone left. He split them up. He said, you go this way, you go that way. And and if my brother comes, if he comes and he kills all you guys, you run. And if he kills all you guys, you run. That's really what he's saying, correct? He says. And then so, so verse 24, he's all, so Jacob was left alone and there was a man that wrestled with him until daybreak. So when did they wrestle? At night, a dark place in Jacob's life. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And he wrestled with the man as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. I think this is so cool. Let me go. Let me go. For it is daybreak, and Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Put that in your pocket. I will not let go. I will not let go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, What is your name? And Jacob said, My name's Jacob. Then the man said, Then uh, uh, the man said, you're, you're no longer, or your name will no longer be Jacob, but you're gonna be Israel. What does that mean? There's a change, right? You're no longer going to be Jacob, which is unstable, deceiving, but you're going, to be, you're going to be Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Now that's important. Who blesses? God, okay? Then he blessed him there, and Jacob called that place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So the word Peniel means seeing God face to face or seeing God's face, okay? And the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, that's Jacob, and he was limping because of his hip. Two changes. Two changes. Two changes, his identity, right? His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. How many of us have ever heard Israel? The nation of Israel. It's in the news all the time. That's all the descendants of Jacob. All the things that's going on in Palestine, those are all the the, 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 the great, great, great grandchildren of this this man right here. His identity was changed, but not only that, his physical identity. Walk was changed; his emotional life was changed at that time because of his encounter with God. And so, as, as we as we begin to process this text for our life, what you know, what did it mean to Jacob? Jacob's identity was changed. He was changed from from this deceiver to this uh, uh, nation, this great nation, and then he was changed in his. Uh, in his trust because he was strong before he got the encounter, but then he became weak, but he became strong because his reliance became on God. Here's what, You need to know this. In your dark place, your reliance will shift from your strength to God's strength. Sometimes in those dark places that are the most difficult in our life, we have to be there so that our reliance will shift From our strength to God's strength. Why Why did I lose that person? I love him. He's been in my life for so long. Sometimes there's a shift in our life so that you stop relying on their strength and rely on God's strength. Are you with me? Sometimes, why am I going through this cancer? Why am I going through this, this illness? Why am I going through this vicissitude? This is, this because sometimes there needs to be a shift from us to him. Are you with me? It's on. It's in those dark places that we say, "God, turn on the light." Amen. It's in those dark places that you say, "God, I need you." And so, there's two avenues that I put together that are that I think are crucial to us allowing uh, 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 allowing this this dark place, even going into this place and 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 just allowing some some change. And and how do we process this change in our life? And you might have heard this, or these these avenues, and and they sound simple, but they're so difficult. In fact, we say them like a cliche. We say them like a cliche, but, but they're a lot more difficult than just our words. And so the first avenue is all of us, change comes upon us, but we have to let go. We have to let go. Fear of change can be explained with these two words: tight gripped. In other words, even though we don't admit it, sometimes we have such a tight grip on everything or certain things in our life that we just were just not going to let go no matter what anyone says. Think about traditions right we're in church how many churches hold on to traditions we're not going to play this music we're not going to play that music we're not going to we're not going to do this on the altar we're not going to do that on the altar we're not going to put we certainly are not going to remove wooden seats pews and put padded cushion seats right Tradition. Remember, anyone uh, see filler on the roof? Tradition. Traditions and, and we hold on to this and we, and we, and change just really scares us. Like you wouldn't believe. How about relationships? We don't want to let go. Graduation just came this past week. It, we're in the, in the bloom of graduation. All these graduates and every parent is, is, is trying to process all this. And, and they're saying, we want you to go to this college. We want you to go to this university. And the, the graduate is saying, but I don't want to. I want to go there. No, 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 you go here. I'm going there. And so these changes just become big in, in, in people's lives. How, uh, how, how about job status? You know, you're at work, and, and, and you, or, or you come into a new job, or, 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 or you got a new boss, and, and all these changes. You, and think about it. You got a new boss, and they come in, and they implement change to make a, a, a better work culture. And, and the people that are stuck in this work culture, they're saying, I liked it better the other way. Why are they making all these what? They're making all these Changes. And so when the boss comes, they're like this. And when he leaves, they're like, Hijo de la nada. And how about theology? You know, we, we're, we're here, we're, we're sitting here, we, 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 we're, we're theologians, we're all looking at the word, we're, we're, we're all studying, and one of the things I've always told people is my theology is always evolving, it's always growing. Well, what do you mean? How, how can you say your theology is always evolving? Well, it is, because God is transcendent. He's a lot bigger than me. He, I don't know everything. He continually moves in us. So the elders getting together here, it's about us saying, Lord, we want to grow as as great as you can make us we want to become everything that you want us to be but some people will never change their theology they will stay stuck some of you uh, some of you you're stuck in your own theology and you've broken relationships god wants to expand you he wants to take you further but you won't go because you don't welcome change. And it all has to do, and this is important. You want, might want to write this down. It all has to do with personal patterns and rhythms, which I'm going to touch on in a bit. You're going to remember this, personal patterns and rhythms. Letting go scares you to death. I grew up with a Mexican proverb. Did you know that Mexicans have proverbs? Proverbs. That Mexican proverb was, uno pone y Dios despone," right? Uno pone y Dios despone." In other words, we set out to do things, but God changes it all around, right? We propose and God disposes. The Bible puts it like this. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. How do I know that? Because I my still my, my eldest daughter. You're going to marry him? She changed that. She changed that. I told my oldest boy, you're going to marry her? He changed that. I told my youngest boy, you're going to marry her? Negative. He changed that. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And all of us, I want you to think about this. All of us have to go down the road of letting go. And that's what change is all About. It's letting go of something and embracing something else. But how many of you know that change can be a dark place? Can I tell you why? Because change always comes with an element of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. I've been doing it like this over and over and over. It's kind of like this. I heard someone say this. So the, the uh, a, a daughter of a mother said uh, she's made the turkey, and she, she made this turkey for Thanksgiving. And she cut the legs off of the turkey, turkey and put them in another pan. And when she put the thing, her husband said, why are you doing that? She said, that's the way you make a turkey. You make a turkey because you've got to cut these parts off of the turkey when you put them in the oven. And that's the way you do it. My mom does them like this. She's done it like this ever since I remember She says, I need to ask her why. So Let's ask your mom why she does it that way. She asked her mom. She said, mom said, I saw my mother, your grandma. She did it like this all the time. So here comes grandma, right, to Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma! Mom, we know your turkey was always the best. No one can make turkey like you. Why'd you make it that way? Well, I made it that way because my pan was too small, so I had to use two. You see, here, here's the reality is that the change always has the element of the unknown. See, for Jacob, he had an element of the unknown. He, he had to. He, Jacob had to, hear me, had to embrace his dark place in life. And it came with a wrestling match. Jacob was left alone. Notice, notice Jacob couldn't get behind Rachel, his mom. He couldn't get behind uh, uh, his wife. He couldn't get behind all these different things, all these different people uh, that are in his life. He could not get behind them. God had him send them off. He had to go to that dark place of change alone. And all of us have to go to those dark places of change alone. And the whole first part of this narrative is Jacob holding on for dear life. And he's holding on to his old patterns. He's holding on to the rhythms of his life. The message, uh, paraphrase puts it, Jacob stayed behind by himself. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob, as they wrestled, he deliberately... Now, this is important. The man threw Jacob's hip out of joint... The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. And Jacob said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. Notice notice the man, which we find out in the text, is Christ. He's God. He did not leave this encounter walking with a limp. Jacob did. God left unchanged. But Jacob left changed as Israel. And Jacob's greatest struggle was letting go. Some of our biggest struggles are letting go. Because we get into these rhythms and patterns. Right? A rhythm is like a cycle. It comes every year. Do you know that there's some people that get depressed at certain times of the year? There's some people that, 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 uh, that go into uh, uh, addictions at certain times of, their, of, the, of the year. There's some people that go into emotional with, withdrawals at certain times of the year. It's kind of like uh, playing the same song over and over again. It's great for a while, and then it, eventually it gets old. You ever heard the saying, you're going around the same mountain again? And there may be variations, but you end up in the same place. Those are rhythms. Think about relationships that are, that are with different people, but they end up with the same result. Think about jobs that are worked at different companies, but they end up with, at the same place. Different scenarios, but the same results. Those are rhythms. I was talking to someone in between services, and they came up and they said, you mentioned rhythms, Pastor. He said, my life was about ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. I mean, ups and downs. I had it wrong. Ups and downs. He said, I was high. I was really high emotionally, low emotionally. High, it was a rhythm. It was continuously. It was continuously. I was led by how I felt until I began to understand that was a rhythm. See, some of you, there are rhythms that you guys have going on in your life. It's a continuous cycle. It's that same record being played over and over and over again. Jacob went to the dark place, and he was never going to walk the same again. The cycle needed to be broken. The record needed to be changed. For some of us, the cycle needs to be broken. The record needs to be changed. But we fear. We fear. fear we fear change. We fear. Don't change the record. Don't change the station. Don't change it. I'm, I'm so used to it, but it skips. It, it, have you ever had a, 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 the old LPs, the old records? Right? What happens when they have a scratch? Right? There comes a time in our life that we need, we need to let go. I love the way that Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz is a UFC ex-champion. He's out of Tucson. He's a, I don't know the guy, but I've heard he's a great guy. Uh, but he said this. I love this quote. He said, at a certain point... At a certain point, when I let go and I was done, when I stopped and could say I was blessed and thankful to be a champion, when I finally enjoyed life from this different perspective, that's when I healed. Letting go healed me. He's not talking about an armbar. He's not talking about a rear, ne- a rear uh, naked choke. He's not. He's talking about God healing him from emotional turmoil, from things that we struggle with in life. Can I tell you that that life is more than a wrestling match, physically? We have emotional struggles. We have emotional wrestling. We have these, these skeletons in our closets. We've got these dark places that we have to go to. I, I, I just I spoke about mine. I had people message me about theirs, all these different things. And there's just, we have to confront those places because change is inevitable, or else you die with all this yuck in your spirit. Letting go is the start of our healing. Limping is sometimes the best thing for your life. And I'm talking about emotional limp, a, a spiritual limp, a a place that God healed where you never forget what he did how many of you know that a bankruptcy sometimes is the worst and best thing for you how many of you know that those divorces that are so ugly They're the worst, but they're the best place for you because God heals you. He heals you. You see, in the church, we think, oh, sometimes you get this mindset. and Some of you coming into the church maybe for the first time or for the first month, you think, you know, the church is about trying to fix you and you know the church really isn't about trying to fix you the church is about all of us together getting fixed by jesus (laughs) you know that's the reality all of us need to need to be fixed by god but you have to let go before you will ever let god That's the second avenue. But you have to let go before you can ever let God. And here's the thing, beloved. Here's the thing. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. We say it is. Oh, let go and let God. (laughs) Let go and let God, right? People are like, Huh? And mo- most of us say, most of us say in our dark places, what do we say? God, help us. Anyone ever said, God, help us. Help me, Lord. You know, Jacob was no different. He prayed, he prayed this. He's, you know, before he gets into this dark place, he says, save me, I pray. Save me, Lord, he's praying. Save me, Lord, save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau. Save me from the, for I am afraid that he's gonna come and he's gonna attack me and also the mothers with the children. Oh, that is such a prayer for me, 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 me. Protect me from my brother. Right? Now, remember this concept of letting go and how difficult this can be for many of us. You see, before Jacob let God take things into his hands, we read how Jacob took things into his hands. Because it tells us Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He was in this dark place. And then he, not God, he divided the people. It wasn't like God said, okay, Jacob, divide the people who are with you. And the flocks put them on one side, the herds and the camels into two companies. Jacob said, if Esau comes to one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will be able to run for their lives. And that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do. We say, well, I'm going to let go, God. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give everything to you. Lord, everything belongs to you except for this. Except for that. No, I can't let go of that, Lord. Right? But how can you, hear me now, how can you let God if you don't let go? Sometimes, beloved, hear me, hear me now. Sometimes we have to go to those dark places where there's no way out except to face God. Man, it's quiet in here. See, here's something you need to grab a hold of. Defense mechanisms, those are the things that we put up to protect us that are, that are actually not from God because they lead us away from faith. You ever put up a defense mechanism? Maybe, maybe you shelter yourself. You put yourself in an isolated place. That's a defense mechanism you, you try to work. But it puts you in depression, right? But you, you, you pull away from people. There's a lot of different defense mechanisms. So people laugh and act like they're joyful when they're not. It's a lot of different defense mechanisms. But they're like anchors that keep you from trusting in the great ocean of faith. See, faith is like an ocean. It's, it's, it's deep. It's, it, it, it's scary. When you place, in fact, my next point next, I mean, my first point next week is going to be your fear is the beginning of your faith. That's my next, next week. I just thought it up right now. Don't tell anyone. But there's a song that was written by Hillsong United called Oceans. And this is the way the lyrics... I love it. It's it's an epic song. I love the lyrics. He says, You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. Scary place. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name, and I will keep my eyes upon the waves, above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours, and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide, where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. You've never failed, and you won't start now. And what they're talking about is going into those dark places, going into the deep and finding the faithfulness of God. And in those changes that you're facing right now, they don't have to be absent of God. You don't have to complain about them. You don't have to say, and you can. Here's the thing. I'm not even going to tell you what to do. You want to complain, do it. But find God because He's the solution. Are you with me? Quit blaming everybody else for the changes. Quit blaming God. He's not the source of your pain, He's the source of your healing. He wants to change your identity, just like the man asked, uh, uh, you know, God asked Joseph, what is your name? It it says he fought with, he, he, he met God face to face. God knew it. Here's what you need to understand about God. He'll ask you questions he already knows. He'll say, will you please go with me over here? He knows. But Lord, I don't know if it's safe, right? What is your name? He knew that. Jacob, he answered. Then he, then he said, your name will no longer be Jacob, Jacob, but it's going to be Israel. He said, you've struggled with God, and some of us are struggling with God right now. You're struggling with God, and you're struggling with man. You're struggling with God, and you're struggling with man. You're blaming... <laughs> you're blaming man. And you're blaming God, and you're struggling, and it's, it's like concealing of night. These changes... overcome with God. Notice that only God could say you've overcome. Jacob never overcame until that night. He never overcame until that night. It moved him into a complete reliance on God in all matters going forward. And I tell you, those dark places, they're an invitation for you to put your full reliance on God in every occasion. Thank God for my dark places. Thank God for those places of fear. Thank God for those places of, of anxiety. Thank God for those places because it's those places that God has made a reliance for me, for him. He's opened a place where I can say, God, I need you. I can't do it without you. And when I'm weak, that's when you're strong. You see, just like I told that dear lady, I said, do not take my fear as weakness. That fear has produced the greatest strength in my life because of my full reliance on God in that place. See, your fear will stifle you, but your faith will be birthed in that fear. Because without it, it's all about you. And some of you guys in here, and some of you girls, it's all about you. Everything you've done, you navigated by yourself, and you blame everybody else when things go wrong. It's not about you. We're all gonna leave here today i'm closing now we're all gonna leave here today and some of us we're gonna face our fear of change And some of you will ignore your fear of change or you'll run from it but the reality is all of us are going to live to tell a story for some it's going to be a story of resisting the changes that god knows need to happen in our lives And for some, it will be a story of positive change for God's glory. Jacob limped a glorious limp and became a mighty nation, Israel. And the reason that he became a mighty nation is because he met God in the darkest place in his life. I pray that you will do the same. Can we pray? Because I'm done and I want a meal. Father, you're incredible, Lord. You're incredible. Thank you for teaching me that you dwell in my dark place just as much as dwelling in the light. I confess that many times I resist change because it scares me and it makes me anxious. But today I want to raise the anchor which resists necessary changes in my life. Holy Spirit, lead me to set sail in the oceans of faith. And as I do, I choose to trust Jesus in the dark places of my life and allow him to help me overcome all the things that hinder me from becoming what you've called me to be. And if that's you today, just say this with me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen that stand up and worship the agent of change. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.